Next on BYU Sports Nation, the Wild Wild West Coast Conference. BYU basketball begins the journey once again. What do you expect in year number six? We'll get former head coach Steve Cleveland's thoughts on BYU's chances in the West Coast Conference. And what does he expect tonight as the Cougars take on Santa Clara? Plus, pro sports agent Lee Steinberg on why he had to have Jamal Williams as part of his team. Hashtag swag up. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Station live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, December 29th, wherever and however you're dialed in. It is good to be back. Look who's back! And great to have all of you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who would never dare compare himself to Air Jordan, Jason Shepard. Of course. Who in their right mind would do that? I don't know, Jason. Who would do that? <laughs> like, here's the deal. I'm a jazz fan. And so, like, he ripped my heart out multiple times. <laughs> and I still think he's the greatest basketball player of all time. He is the best ever. You never compare yourself to Michael <laughs> Jordan. Come on. On to other things, Jason. <laughs> like this. Like, I, for the first time... In probably a year, seriously, well, in 10 years, really, maybe longer, seriously considered keeping my mustache. Uh, because you go on vacation, yes. and it's the one time as a BYU employee, like, you can just yeah. let things go, right? Yes, yes. And I was looking at that horrific face in my rearview mirror as I was driving back <laughs> into town last night, thinking, should I go with the mustache? Nope! So now, But here's the question. <laughs> Can you grow a must like like are we talking like it's it's barely there? Can you grow a like are you like Tanner Mangum? Because Tanner can grow a nice mustache. No, I'm not. Are you Tanner or are you Jerem? I'm somewhere in between. Okay, my mustache is better than Jerem's. Okay, okay, <laughs> just trust me, it, it is. <laughs> it is. That's not hard to be better than that. But Good point. I'm, no, I'm no Mangum PI, right? No, of course no, not. Tom Selleck. Good grief. That is a good mustache. That was really a good mustache. Is there such thing as a good mustache? Tom Selleck. <laughs> That's that about is, it, right? That is the mustache that all other mustaches are compared to. There is no better mustache. Maybe Raleigh Fingers. <laughs> but, yeah. I mean. All of the young bucks out there are like, Raleigh who? Raleigh Fingers. We, we like Google to, it. We like to skew uh, to a little older demographic yes. with that Google, reference. Google Raleigh Fingers <laughs> and his very unique mustache. Yeah. Just think of the, uh, the bandit in all the Wild Wild West movies. <laughs> yeah. With their curly mustache. That was Raleigh The guy Fingers. that ties the damsel in distress to the railroad tracks. <laughs> That's Raleigh That's Fingers. That's Raleigh Fingers. <laughs> Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, and we're not done with the Wild West themes either. (laughs) Men's basketball opening up WCC play against Santa Clara tonight at the Marriott Center. Yoli Childs ready to go in his expanded role. Almost every guy on their team can shoot and shoot the three, so their spacing is really good, and uh, they've been slowing it down a little bit as of late, so our pace is a lot different than theirs. So it'll be an interesting matchup, a really good team. Two things. Game time, 9 Eastern. You can watch it live on BYU TV, listen on BYU Radio. And secondly, does that sound like a true freshman? No. Yoli Childs being forced to grow up a little bit with that expanded role. 
and uh, BYU thankful that uh, he has answered the call. Yeah, we talked about this a lot yesterday, just how impressive he's been. And I know we'll have Steve Cleveland on coming up in our, in our next segment. We'll, we'll talk a little bit about that. But, yeah, he is certainly impressed in the seven games he's been in the starting lineup. BYU linebacker slash defensive end Harvey Longy has accepted an invitation to play in the 92nd East-West Shrine game. That will be played in St. Petersburg, Florida on January 21st. BYU women's basketball also beginning WCC play tonight. The Cougars in Santa Clara and will tip at 10 p.m. Eastern time. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The wild, wild west. Coast Conference. BYU basketball opens up play in the WCC tonight for the sixth time. Can you believe that? And yet, six years into the WCC, the Cougars remain on the hunt for a first-ever WCC title in the regular season or at the conference tournament in Las Vegas. For BYU fans, going back to our Wild West themes, Gonzaga is clearly the bully established sheriff in the township of WCC hoops, right? Everyone's a little afraid of him. And they should be. Yeah, I mean, okay? he's the guy in charge. BYU is the outlaw intent on restoring order and justice to a system that has been monopolized. <laughs> We are going to break through this. The status <laughs> quo will not remain. We're, we're going to debunk the system. Okay, then there's St. Mary's, right? St. <laughs> Mary's are the owners of the saloon. <laughs> you can read into that however you want. So now, many all different jo- ways to go All with joking that. aside, okay, the West Coast Conference appears headed for more of the same. Dominant Gonzaga, potent St. Mary's, who is very, very capable this year. And always threatening, lingering BYU. Conference game number one for the Cougars tonight against the only West Coast Conference team they have yet to lose a conference contest to in the first five seasons, that being the Santa Clara Broncos. It starts there, but today is more than just about one game, which brings us to our Twitter question. What are your expectations for BYU basketball in WCC play this season, first tweet coming in from at Texas Colonel, consistent with yesterday's biggest headline, continue dominant post play, need to pick up the three or shooting percentage. There you go. This is the West Coast Conference season preview show, if you will, yeah. not officially, but unofficially. And we are talking about what you expect from BYU basketball in the WCC in year number six. So you can take that any direction you want to go. It can be with specific play on the court, what you expect them to finish uh, in terms of a regular season record, where you expect them to finish in the conference tournament. Whatever you want to do, we have opened it up to you on the Twitter machine. Jason, what do you expect from BYU in the West Coast Conference? You know, it's interesting that the first tweet we read talks about picking up the three-point shooting and just shooting overall. I really do expect the perimeter shooting to improve. And, and it's not just, you know, putting the blue goggles on, well, it, it's got to get better. If you look over the last four games, BYU shooting has improved. Over the last four, they're shooting over 41% from three. They're at 41.3. So I, I think it's just been a hallmark of BYU teams. I, I, I fully expect that as the conference season goes on, for that to solidify and and maybe you know 
become the weapon that we're used to seeing. Wow, really? Yeah, I, I, I they're even though they're post dominant. Even though they're post dominant, I mean, you don't have to take a ton of threes, but which they haven't. Yeah, but I mean, you know, you could. They obviously need to shoot a better percentage, and I do expect that. T.J. Haas too good of a shooter. Nick Emery is too good of a shooter. They, they've got guys that just haven't found their shot yet, but over the last little while, it's coming on. So I fully anticipate that to be better. I also think that there will be, and not certainly not that there hasn't been a focus on this before, but you know, every year BYU's had that, that game where they stubbed their toe against one of those lower echelon teams, those teams kind of at the bottom of the league. Non-St. Zagat Exactly, teams. and, and I, I fully expect there to be more focus on those to, to not have that stumble. Also... Eric Mika, I mean, we all know how dominant. I mean, and, and sometimes that word gets used too, maybe too liberally. Loosely, yeah. Yeah, but he has been dominant, and I fully expect that to continue throughout. And I think when it's all said and done, I think he's going to be the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. Okay, we're talking about a Gonzaga team that is ranked yeah. seventh in the country yeah. right now, I think, unbeaten and loaded with talent. I, I, I feel... Very good saying that Eric Mika absolutely could be the West Coast Conference Player of the Year. Wow. Look, we, we talked about, like, he's right now, just based off of West Coast Conference uh, players, he's second in the league in scoring, he's second in the league in rebounding, second in offensive rebounds, and second in block shots. This guy absolutely could win the Player of the Year. Okay, all of this is cute, right? Okay, and I like what you're doing with this. The three-point shooting, BYU not stumbling against teams not named St. Mary's or Gonzaga. And Eric Mika playing well. But where do you expect him to finish, Jason? Give us the meat, man. Okay, you know what? I mean, I, I want – they were picked preseason third. Yes, he okay? was picked third. As of today, right now, I can't pick them above Gonzaga or St. Mary's. Now, that could certainly change as conference season – like in a month, that could be different. But right now, I have them third as of today. <gasps> And as you pointed out, and as we've discussed on the show before, BYU has St. Mary's and Gonzaga three of the four games in the month of February. It's that's big for, in my opinion. Now, two, it, it two works of those both, in the Marriott. Center. Yeah, it works both ways because I mean, other teams will have an opportunity to establish themselves and get into a nice rhythm before they face BYU. But I like the fact that you play St. Mary's early, and then one more game against St. Mary's, and then both against Gonzaga are after the beginning of February. I like that that BYU would have an opportunity to really find itself before they take on those teams. All right, what do I expect from BYU and West Coast Conference play? Well, and until they prove otherwise or do differently, I expect more of the same, and that is a 13-5 and or 14-4 and conference record against the West Coast Conference teams. There will be a few big wins, and big wins come in the form of beating St. Mary's or Gonzaga. And a second or third place finish, right? Second would be outstanding. Yeah, it would be great. But most likely third. And as I said, at least one regular season win against a ranked opponent, whether it be the Gales or the Bulldogs. And I think the Cougars will get to the West Coast Conference Tournament Championship game this year in Las Vegas. I agree with that. I think think they will be playing on that last day at the Orleans Arena. On Tuesday. Yep. I think BYU will be in that championship game on Tuesday because they will have had a full season to gel and develop, and they just seem capable of winning some big games on a neutral site floor. Uh, 
Things didn't go great for them early in non-conference play. Playing in March is very different. This team will benefit from having played St. Mary's and Gonzaga three times in the month of February and then get to do it again in March and take advantage. We talk so much about how is BYU going to match up against Gonzaga. I like what BYU puts out there and how other teams have to match up to their skill set. I, I like that aspect of this that that be with what be with with Mika in the post and I I believe in improved perimeter shooting as the season conference season goes on I like that other teams are going to have to match up to what BYU brings what are your expectations for BYU basketball and WCC play this season at McKay Allen says take care of business at home by winning out and compete for a WCC title Steve Cleveland the president coach talked about BYU handling business at home and being in position to compete for a WCC title. He will join us next. What does he expect from the Cougars in WCC play? And more importantly, tonight against the Broncos of Santa Clara. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. Conversation. Rolling right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN and answer today's Twitter question. This is the WCC season preview, if you will, because BYU and Santa Clara tip things out tonight. What are your expectations for BYU hoops and WCC play this season? Yeah, just like uh, Spencer mentioned, Marriott Center tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can check out the Cougars in the WCC opener against the Broncos on BYU TV and BYU Radio again, 9 p.m. Eastern time. I was waiting for at Jerem Jordan to respond to (laughs) my statements earlier about the mustache. He said, prove it. Talk is cheap. At some point, I will prove that my mustache I can grow a better mustache. See, but, but it needs you guys. Now is not that time. And I, I, my wife actually wants me to grow a mustache. She, she likes the facial hair. She likes it when I, when I have that. So she actually wants me to do it. So we, what we should all do on this same day, start from scratch and give ourselves <laughs> one or two weeks and then compare after that. Oh, why do we do this to ourselves? <laughs> why, why do we do this? We can talk about this not on national television, yet we talk about it on national television. So the expectation is out there It's what now. people expect. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's our next stunt in Las Vegas, right? Something. Something like that. Jerem's jumped in the pool there. He shaved his head. Now, now it just needs to become about <laughs> mustache competition. Yes. Nobody wants that, including Steve Cleveland. I'm sorry, Coach, that you had to uh, withstand and uh, <laughs> Have you ever through, had a mustache, by the way? Yeah. I, I actually had a mustache when I played at UC Irvine. As you were rocking as... a stash right. as a we need player. To find, during this interview, we need to find that photo. Yeah, is there any photo evidence? Well, why have I actually have a photo at home? So if you don't believe it, I'll bring it. I'll, I'll, bring, <laughs> yes. it. I'll bring it next yes. week. Yes. And, and, the hair, and the hair is pretty close to the shoulder. Oh, wow. we, oh goodness. We need to see this. <laughs> yeah, we've got to see it. this. I'll For bring your it. posterity's sake. And <laughs> yes. some of them are in studio with us today. That needs to be shown to all of the world. All the world. <laughs> Steve Cleveland, former BYU head basketball coach, is with us in Studio B, now BYU TV hoops analyst. Hey, it starts tonight against Santa Clara. And our Twitter question today is, what do you expect from BYU basketball and West Coast Conference play this season? You know, I think the expectations of you've talked a little bit about them. One is you need to win out at home. I mean, to have an opportunity. We talk a lot about the NC2A tournament, 
But today we've talked a little bit about winning a West Coast Conference championship. And I think that's where the mindset needs to be. I think sometimes we talk so much about the tournament that I'm not sure the players believe that that's an important thing. And I believe that the mindset should be, let's win this conference. If we win this conference, then we have an opportunity to go to the NC2A tournament. But I think the expectation for me for this team, in order for them to win out at home and to do the things they want to do, they're going to have to defend. And we've talked a lot about shooting the three ball a little bit better, and we know what Mika can do. But I think it's going to come down to being able to defend dribble penetration, to continue rebounding well, and to defend on the road. You may have just answered it, but, I mean, is that is that your biggest concern then heading into WCC play? I, I think middle penetration continues to be a problem. I think that BYU's adjusted to the double teams that Mika sees. I think that they understand the difference between pace and being under control in half court. I think they're doing a much better job of that. I mean, they're averaging 85, 86 points a game. They're not having any problems scoring points. What they need to do is get that seven average of 76 points a game down into the 60s in conference play. Then you give yourself a chance to win on the road. BYU will try and slow down one of the more impressive scorers and players in college basketball, Jared Brownridge of Santa Clara. And the Cougars have had their struggles against him, uh, most notably in the West Coast Conference Tournament a couple of years ago. Tyler Haas had a big shot to help BYU survive that upset bid by Brownridge and the Broncos. Yet the Cougars have never lost to Santa Clara in WCC play. They open up with the Broncos at home tonight. How do you slow down Jared Brownridge, a team that, and, and Santa Clara, a team that beat Valpo at Valpo? And he had 30 against Valpo on the road. I think the key thing is that whoever is going to get that assignment, whoever's going to get that assignment, or, or multiple players get that assignment, you switch everything. You don't give them any gaps. They're going to set ball screens for him. When they set ball screens, this is, a, this is what Yoli brings to the table. He can defend any perimeter player. So now, one to four, you know, four-man screens for Brownridge that come off, and oftentimes we'll trap him, we'll double him, we'll go underneath. Now just have Yoli pick him up. He's 6'7", long arms. He's not going to get off any free shots. The other thing is make sure you know where he's at in transition. I mean, that's an important part of it. And so transition defense has not always been a strength of this club. And so I think tonight, throughout the league, and not a lot of teams in this, this league run. There's not a lot of pace in this conference, but there are a lot of shooters. You were talking earlier a little bit about not winning a WCC championship. And yet in the Mountain West, they won four conference championships. Yeah. Let, let me give you an insight to that. The teams in this league, even though the, this league is not as talented as maybe the, the Mountain West was top to bottom when they were in it. Obviously, this is very top heavy with Gonzaga and St. Mary's. But BYU, all the other teams in the WCC are a lot like BYU. They can shoot it. They can pass it. They're skilled teams. Whereas in the, in the Mountain West, very athletic clubs, couldn't, couldn't shoot it, physical. And so when they came up against BYU, they had a distinct advantage. Well, now, it, you know, it's, it's apples to apples here in the WCC. They all can shoot it. They all move the ball. They're very cerebral players, great coaches, and outstanding. The WCC has always had outstanding coaches for as long as I followed them. So that's the difference, and uh, I, I like the idea of let's win a West Coast Conference championship. Let's have that be the mindset. You know, I think in the past with all teams, not just BYU, even the teams I coached throughout my life, sometimes you play somebody that's six and seven and you've beaten ten times in a row. What's your mindset? Is it, well, we'll get by. This, this, this is not that important of a game. They are all important starting tonight. You mentioned Jolie Childs a second ago, and obviously he's been given a larger role because of the injury 
to Kyle Davis. We found out Tuesday night that Davis is going to require knee surgery. His season's done. His career at BYU is over. What does the loss of Kyle Davis mean for BYU? Experience. A, a good passer in the post. Somebody that can make free throws. Uh, back to the basket. Got some simple moves. But I think more than anything, just maturity and experience. Yoli has a higher ceiling. Okay, This team has a higher ceiling. I think that you mentioned it earlier about where Gonzaga and where St. Mary's are, and they're very, very good. BYU can still get a lot better, and a lot of it will be on the shoulders of Yoli Childs. Kyle Davis was one of two seniors, the other being L.J. Rose. With so much youth being relied on for Dave Rose and BYU hoops, is it unfair to for fans or whoever to expect this BYU team to compete for a West Coast Conference championship? Do we need to be patient and be like, you know, it would be okay if they don't? Well, I don't, I don't think as a coach you ever want to talk about that. I guess we as prognosticators, we, we can talk about whatever we want to talk about. But I think as a coaching staff, you believe, hey, somebody else steps up. Yoli Childs has stepped up. Who, you know, we, just, we still don't know really what's going on with Elijah Bryant and, and where his health is. And we're missing a pretty good point guard there as well. So Absolutely. there have been some losses to injury in this year. But it gives other people an opportunity to step up. And I think that plus your rotation's tighter. Get used to each other. You know, you're not trying to play 10 guys. Now it's a seven- to eight-man rotation. I think they're more comfortable. I think Bayo's come in, and I think he's earned some minutes where he can come in as a sub. Uh, but, but certainly, Eights is going to have to step in, and, and others are going to have to step in for Kyle Davis. We've been talking about guys that aren't going to be there. One that we do know that was just added is Corbin Kafusi. Yeah. What, what is uh, realistic to expect from him as he makes his way Back from football to hoops. 50 pounds heavier. <laughs> yeah. Is he 50 pounds heavier? 50 pounds heavier. Well, he'll be a wide body, big <laughs> and strong behind the bigs. He, he can guard Pronowski at, at, at Gonzaga, right? Yeah. He, he, he can guard him and get behind him and be strong. I think he brings defense. I think he brings rebounding. I think he, it gives Mika a blow for two or three minutes. Somebody gets in foul trouble. you got a big body that can rebound it and defend it. He's going to get things around the basket. He's going to get breakaways. He's going to get where he relocates and a guard hits him for a dunk. You can't expect any more than that from him. He just needs to play hard. He's, in a, he's got a great attitude, and he's extremely aggressive. And, it, it, you know, it's better that he picks up a couple, a couple of fouls than Mika. But uh, I, think, I think he's really going to help him defensively, to be honest with you. I don't have any expectations for him to score or make baskets. I would hope that if he's at the end of the game that right now he's shooting 100 free throws a game to get that touchback. We have seen marked improvement from BYU shooting from the perimeter. That percentage has climbed from roughly around 30%, not great, up towards that 40 mark. Uh, can you pinpoint why the three-point shooting has gotten better? I think first and foremost is they understand how the inside-out attack works now. I, I think that the first five, six, seven games, they, they were uncomfortable. We're pounding it, we're pounding it. Where do I get my threes? I think they know where they get their threes now. And they get him inside out. They get him one more pass. Uh, I, I think very unselfish. LJ's been really unselfish with the ball in transition. We're st- BYU's still looking for transition threes. I think Nick Emery and TJ Haas still have to take that shot if they're open. Now, if Mika is sitting there underneath the basket, one foot from the basket, you've got to pound it. But I think they've adjusted to how to score and how to score out of that particular offense, which is so different than anything they've done the last six or seven years. You just mentioned L.J. Rose, and I, I've been impressed with, with him and just kind of the, the calming influence and getting everybody where they need to go. What, what do you think um, his biggest strength will be as we go over the next couple months? This is going to seem strange. I think it will be in the locker room. 
I think it'll be in the locker room. I think it'll be before games, after games. I think that maturity. You know, he's, a, he's an east-west point guard. He goes side to side, okay? He gets the ball where it needs to be, distributes. He's really good at finding Mika and the bigs when they relocate and he can hit them. Uh, T.J. Haas is someone that I think we need to continue to talk about as being a point guard in this club. Uh, he has ability to go north-south. He can go directly. And he's, he, at times, he, he's looking for the ooh and ah play. He, at times, he gets up in the air. Even Nick does the same thing. That's something that has to be eliminated. That's just maturity. But they can't get up in the air and try to make decisions. But I like T.J. Haas' ability to go north-south and to draw defenders, hit a, hit a big that's relocating, or hit a wing that's wide open. All right, we move forward again once uh, once again to the BYU-Santa Clara game tonight, but not before we give you our stat of the day, eye-popping. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU's average margin of victory over Santa Clara is at 19.3. They have dominated the Broncos in these matchups. Yeah, that includes a two-point barn burner in the WCC tournament that was referenced earlier, but 19.3 points. So for whatever reason, BYU has played well in each and every contest against Santa Clara in WCC play. That, I mean, that's, that's pretty nuts. What do you expect tonight, Coach? Well, you look at 84, 85 points a game for BYU, 68. So you just look at statistics and what they're capable of scoring. Now, Santa Clara is holding people to the, in the low 60s. Herb Sendek is a really good coach. I mean, at ASU, he was outstanding. At NC, I coached against him when he was at NC State. Julius Hodge, who was an outstanding player for him, three times all ACC player. Oh, yeah. We had to guard him. We, didn't, we, didn't, we weren't great guarding him. And uh, <laughs> it, it was a struggle. But, but uh, I know Herb, he prepared. He's, he's, he's a brilliant coach. But at the end of the day, no matter how smart you are, you still have to have talent, and you have to have people that are able to do that. I, the, the only thing – I wouldn't want any of the players – I would never want to have that discussion with my players. Hey, we've won an average of – you know, you hope the players aren't watching this show. Oh, yeah, you know, BYU's beat them by 16 or 18 every time for, uh, by an average over the last 10 games they've defeated them. You know, they have to respect this group. And they have to go in respecting it. And if you, as soon as you don't respect an opponent and you're not prepared, that's when you get upset. Coach, I, I hate to change the tone of this, but while we're on the uh, subject of head coaches, we have just received a bit of breaking news. Uh, the Salt Lake Tribune reporting that legendary BYU Cougars football coach Lavelle Edwards has passed away. <sighs> Lavelle Edwards has passed away at the age of 86 and uh, hard to put into words what he has meant to BYU athletics. And, and again, this is a drastic tone shift uh, of what we were talking about with uh, BYU basketball opening their season today, but it's hard to let that soak in and uh, what he's meant to me personally and, and Jason and, and obviously coach Cleveland who had a, a close relationship with Lavelle. So um, coach, let's, you know, let's, let's put it back to you. Oh, you know what? I, uh, in 1997, wow, <laughs> that caught me off guard. Yeah, well, I think it caught all yeah. of us. And I know he's been struggling. Yeah. In fact, the interesting thing is uh, I was uh, I had talked to Brian Santiago last night and he said that he was struggling a little bit. And I said, I need to try to find a way to get myself over there today. And I'd been gone for about 10 days. Uh, I can't tell you what a mentor he was. I mean, he didn't have any real knowledge of, of basketball. 
but he understood coaching. And I remember one of the first weeks that I was here that I had an opportunity to sit down. I can remember Dave Rose and I sitting in a, one of the spring uh, um, events where we honor all of the great teams and coaches. And they had just won the Cotton Bowl. Uh, I think uh, they had, uh, uh, Coach got up there and I looked at Dave and I, and I said, Will, will we ever get to the point where we could be honored in one of these spring things? You know, and I that that afternoon I went and talked to Lavelle, and I can't tell you how positive it was. When we got here, things were a little bit difficult and challenging. Everything was kind of upside down, and uh, just the insights that he shared with me, and and how important it was to embrace this community, to embrace these young men, no matter what they had gone through. And so I have some really tender feelings and thoughts right now about what a mentor he was to me. And, uh, and even though uh, we didn't spend a great deal of time together when we did, it was always special. And I love playing golf with him. That was always <laughs> fun. <laughs> the, the, the thing that always stands out, and obviously his, his coaching and his win-loss records speak for themselves, but more than that, for a lot of people and a generation of people – when they think of BYU, they think of Lavelle Edwards. What a great ambassador, whether it was as a coach, whether it was in the community, whether it was when he was on his mission in New York. What a great ambassador for everything that's good about BYU. Well, and he understood the importance of being kind to people. I think his players have great love for him, and I don't think it's an X and O thing. I think it's that, that they felt like he was a father figure to them. He wasn't one to judge. He, he would have, there was accountability. There was always accountability. But at the end of the day, he was somebody that loved people, that embraced them, that he, he was in a position to maybe in some situations we see people where they've had a lot of success. They don't, they don't treat other people as kindly as they should. He always treated everyone, fans, players, fellow coaches. He was respected and loved because he had so much love for others. A father figure in uh, every sense of the word. Lavelle Edwards passes away at the age of 86. Salt Lake Tribune reporting that news. Uh, certainly we are, are saddened and just kind of takes your breath away uh, that it happens that fast. Uh, Coach, I'm glad that we had you here with us um, to help break that news. Yeah. Um, well, we, we love him and his family. And, uh, hey, they're going to need to have this funeral in the Marriott Center. Man. <laughs> because I'll tell you what, the, a stake center is not going to get it done. They're going to have to have it because there's going to be a lot of people want to go and celebrate his life and be a part of that with him. This will be an absolute celebration. Yes, of his, absolute of celebration. His life. Yep. Coach, thank you so you much. Thank you. Coming up on BYU Sports Nation, more reaction to the Lavelle Edwards news, uh, who passes away at the age of 86. Our thoughts with Patty Edwards, his wife. I love Lavelle. I know Jason does. Obviously, Coach Cleveland does. And BYU Sports Nation collectively sends their love to the Edwards family. Stay with us. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you in part by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV. And, of course, portions of this show brought to you by Brady Industries as well. Clean Solutions, a tradition for generations. If you just missed the news, we have learned that legendary football coach at BYU, Lavelle Edwards, has passed away at the age of 86. First reports coming from the Salt Lake Tribune. We had uh, Steve Cleveland, the former BYU basketball coach, on set for us as we broke that news, got his immediate reaction, certainly more to come. 
And uh, I think the lasting impression from all of this is that uh, whenever his funeral does take place, it will be a remarkable celebration uh, of a man that impacted so many lives, mine for sure. And uh, Jason, I know you had interactions with him as well, but man, just what he means to each one of the players he coached, like there, there are a lot of tears being shed, obviously in sadness, but in remembering how he impacted so many for good. Yeah. It's not just on the football field. It's, it's everywhere. It's anytime he came in contact with somebody it was a positive experience, and not many people can say that. So uh, he will certainly be missed. Um, yeah, very sad. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is pro sports agent Lee Steinberg. And, uh, Lee, I'm sure that uh, the news of Lavelle Edwards' passing has taken you by surprise and uh, certainly has taken us and BYU Sports Nation uh, in a bit of a shocking state. But, uh, what do you know about Lavelle Edwards, and, and what uh, do you feel like will be his lasting legacy? I think his legacy will be not simply the golden era he ushered in in BYU football. Those teams were absolutely uh, amazing to watch. They were prolific offensively. Um, they introduced a style of football that riveted uh, the country. Um, and he was able to produce athlete after athlete that um, not only were good athletes at BYU, went on to be pro football players, um, but as a teacher, as someone who enhanced the lives of everyone he touched. And remember that college football is not like the pros. It's young, impressionable uh, college students, and they have uh, struggles with grades, they have struggles with girlfriends, they have, it's a maturation period. So he was a teacher, a counselor, a mentor, uh, a guide to, you know, a number of generations of, uh, of BYU athletes um, in a way that I think fundamentally changed their lives and enhanced their lives. So, um, he was more than a coach. He was a, a mentor and a shaper of uh, character and young men's lives. Um, I got to know him back in 1984 when I represented uh, Steve Young. And then uh, following that, uh, Jim Herman and Lee Johnson. And then I represented Jason Buck and Sean Knight, uh, you know, back in the 80s. And um, BYU... Uh, became this amazing uh, uh, cauldron of uh, of uh, exciting football, winning football, and then uh, uh, produced a number of players who went on to the pros. Their offensive um, uh, structure uh, gave birth to a whole array of quarterbacks that uh, were amazingly prolific at the uh, college level, but then, uh, and some of them went on to, to have good pro careers. Later, we represented Coy Detmer. Um, so he made BYU a place that uh, uh, people from the area wanted to stay in, but also was able to recruit um, internationally, uh, nationally, 
Uh, and it was, again, he ushered in a golden era of uh, BYU football and made it a national program uh, that people could be proud of. Lee Steinberg joining us now on the Desert First Credit Union hotline. Um, Lee, the, the reason that we had you on uh, was it was announced just the other day that uh, that you uh, will be representing Jamal Williams, BYU running back, as he uh, makes his way to the National Football League. Tell us how you were introduced to Jamal and, and why he was a player that you said, you know what, I want to represent this guy. Um, you know, we tend to track, I, I watch BYU football, so I was aware of Jamal, aware that he had, you know, gone through some struggle and conflict um, on the campus, but had uh, come back. Um, and so you saw that quality of perseverance, the quality of, uh, uh, and a commitment to BYU football. Um, and he's sort of a favorite. I mean, the response to signing him was overwhelming. I mean, it was uh, BYU football fans, LDS people. Um, from everywhere, um, by the thousands came across social media. So you can see he's um, sort of symbolic of uh, of uh, the program and and uh, you know striving towards character and all the rest of it. Our practice is about role models. Um, you know, someone like Steve Young, who who you know went back and retraced his roots and uh, made sure that. Um, he stayed close to the university. We like players to do high school scholarship funds, collegiate uh, repayments, uh, and then charitable foundations. And he was excited by all of that. I got a call from his uncle, Luke Neal, who um, is also going to be his trainer, uh, who's from Scottsdale. And uh, he asked me if I'd be interested, and I said I was. And then we met with his uh, his mother Nicole, his grandmother, his sister, uh, who Jayla, who's um, a track athlete at UNLV, um, and and then they brought just, just some folks from uh, who were lived in Provo, and uh, uh, we had a big long meeting and uh, sp- spent a lot of time together, and and he made the decision. So um, you know he he comes from good stock good family, um, and made a lot of friendships there. So everything about that uh, I like in terms of character and background. Then you take him as a football player, and um, he's got the ability. uh, I went to uh, uh, the Poinsettia Bowl and watched him devastate um, Wyoming. He... um, you need a sort of back that will run for three, one for four, run for five. After about ten carries, he'll break one and, you know, go rumbling down the field. So um, he's a, a big, you know, he's not the size of a LeGarrette Blunt, but he's a big back at about 220. And, uh, you know, he's got good speed. But his intuitive sense for breaking through the line and and heading towards the goal line is is amazing. So I think um, you know he's projected as a mid round pick, but um, he'll go off to training, then he'll um, uh, go to the Senior Bowl where he'll have a chance to be compared to other uh, backs, and I think he'll do gr- really well. And then he'll go to the combine, and I think he'll light it up. And uh, then he comes back to pro scouting day. 
Um, so it's fun. I've had such wonderful experience with BYU athletes that, you know, I was excited. Lee, we appreciate the time on a monumental day in uh, BYU sports history uh, with the Lavelle Edwards News and uh, the insight also for Jamal Williams moving forward, the founder of Steinberg Sports and Entertainment, the always fabulous Lee Steinberg. Lee, thanks so much. My pleasure. Lee Steinberg, the real Jerry Maguire, if you will, on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. And I thought that was fascinating uh, that he was able to reference Lavelle's relationship with Steve Young and so many other former players through the 80s. In fact, we'll hear from one next. Blaine Fowler, one of Lavelle Edwards' quarterbacks in his quarterback factory, joins us next. BYU Sports Nation breaking news. We have learned that legendary BYU football coach Lavelle Edwards has passed away at the age of 86. We have spoken with Steve Cleveland, former basketball coach. He was with us when that news broke. Uh, We've also talked to pro sports agent Lee Steinberg about his experiences with Lavelle Edwards and all of the players that uh, he has helped get to the pro ranks and the remarkable effort and... Uh, mark that Lavelle Edwards left on those outstanding athletes. Steve Young will join us in just a bit. This BYU Sports Nation will be extended. Um, we will get the specific details of how long we will go. We will also have another live edition of BYUSN today at 6 Eastern for Mountain Time to talk about the life and legacy of Lavelle Edwards and, more importantly, just react to uh, some shocking and, and unfortunate news. Helping us do that right now is one of Lavelle Edwards' former BYU quarterbacks, Blaine Fowler, who played in the 1984 National Championship. Blaine, it's, it goes without saying what Lavelle Edwards accomplished as a football coach in changing the way the game was played and establishing the West Coast offense and the straight back passing attack. All of that's great, but I think what everybody's talking about now is the impact he had on individuals' lives beyond football. What are your what are you thinking right now about the news of Lavelle's passing today? Oh, it's just I have such a heavy heart. It's it's like losing an uncle or or even a father. Sorry, guys. I'm going to keep it together for you, Ben. No, it's un- completely understandable. Understandably, uh, this is shocking and, uh, yeah, words. Uh, it's hard to find the words. Yeah, Co- Coach was, as far as football, he, he was a genius. I mean, we, we all know that. He was a genius. He was so far ahead of his time uh, in football. And, and, and the impact he had on the passing game in football still is part of the game, what, what, what he did there. But uh, the, the, the style that he coached with was one where, where he's going to leave a legacy of love. He, he loved his players. He cared about his players. He cared about his coaching staff. And everybody knew that. And at a time when he came in, when coaches were coaching through intimidation and scare tactics and, and making you nervous for your job, he, he didn't go there at all. He, he had a genuine interest in every person as an individual. And so you had, you had a relationship with him. And, and because of that, 
you would just go out and play your heart out because you didn't want to disappoint him. You didn't play hard because you were you were nervous that your job was going to be taken away if you didn't play hard. You played hard because you didn't want to disappoint the man that put that confidence in you. So he he was I mean the best way to describe it, he he's a man of greatness with no ego. And that is so rare in the sports world and in the business world today. Somebody that has has accomplished so much and had accomplished so much but went about everything that he did with zero ego. It was never about him. It was always about you. It was always about whoever he was with. And, uh, and because of that, he's, he's got this, this broad range of relationships across, not just in football, uh, across the world of people that respect and love him because of the love that he, he, gave, um, that he gave to them. Everybody in turn loved him back. Blaine, you, we always hear stories of, you know, whether it was during his time as a coach or, or after he had, had left the coaching profession, that regardless of the situation, pe- he was extremely approachable. You could talk to him, and, and you referenced some of that. You know, his door was always open to a former player or a fan or whatever the case may be. What, what was the person Lavelle Edwards like to be around on a daily basis. He was, he was just warm and caring and kind. And those, those have been around him a lot. And it's funny, you get to know him when you're a player, probably better than most coaches that you get to know as a player. Um, because when you go in for meetings with, with Coach Edwards, he doesn't start with football. He, he starts to see about things that are going on in your life when you're a player, about how things are going in school, what's going on with your family, what's your dating life like, if you were married, how is the family doing? How you knew that he had a genuine interest. And then the thing about Coach Edwards that the people don't know is his his because he cared so much. He wasn't just asking these questions to make you feel comfortable. He really cared. But from that point forward, if you talked about something with Coach, he would remember that. He would remember extended family. He would remember a problem that you had, and he'd come back and talk to you about it. He really, really cared about the individual. That that's what made him not just a great football coach, but a great man. Blaine Fowler with us on BYU Sports Nation via the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline discussing the legacy and life of Lavelle Edwards, who has passed away at the age of 86. Blaine, a couple of years ago I had a chance to sit down with Lavelle uh, in Studio A here at BYU Broadcasting and talk to him for over an hour. And uh, it's one of the it's maybe the most enjoyable interview I've ever conducted in my professional broadcasting career. And the thing that I remember most from that is how intently he listened to everything I said. And then when I asked him, what will you remember most about coaching? And I brought up all of his accolades and the stadium being named after him. And very quickly he pointed out, it will always be about the relationships. And and it will always be about the impact that those young men had on my life. Not so much that he had on others' lives, but... He just there was nothing disingenuous about it. He was one hundred percent genuine, and uh, you know, and I'm sure you felt that a hundredfold to what I felt uh, in that in that moment. Yeah, when he, when you came to BYU, you became part of of the Lavelle Edwards family. Um, not just the BYU football family was just an extension of Lavelle's family, and you felt like there was this family environment. And coaches came through the program and left. And he, and he always treated them when they left like they were part of the family. And, and if you played at BYU and you got to know Lavelle, then you were forever in that family. So I've, 
my relationship with he and Patty and the family has grown stronger through the years because just because you're done with your time there doesn't mean that all of a sudden you're out of out of his family. He considers all of the players that ever played for him, that he's ever had relationships with as part of that family. And even the players that played in the Gary Croton and then and, um, and Bronco Mendenhall and now the Kalani Sataki era, he, he considers them part of his family. And, and that's the beauty of Lavelle Edwards. And that's, he's just so inclusive and so caring that, uh, that uh, it, it turned into, it was a great formula for him because it turned into tremendous success on the field because all the motivation you needed to play hard was that, that you just didn't want to disappoint the man and you wanted to go to deliver um, because he gave the trust in, you know, put the trust in you that you would go deliver and play well and work hard for him. You didn't want to disappoint him. So you did it. You worked hard. You played hard. You'd do anything you could uh, to make him right for putting the trust in you. And uh, it was a great formula. I think it's a formula that, that still works today. And I see a lot um, of, of Lavelle Edwards and Kalani Sataki now because Kalani learned at, at, the, at the knee of Lavelle Edwards of, of how you treat people and the way you do it. And I, I see a lot of Lavelle Edwards reflected in him right now. And, and, and really, you look at Lavelle, his, his real family. We're, I, I feel like we're all his real family, but, but his, his kids, John and Jimmy and Ann, I got to know really, really well. Ann's a fantastic writer. Jim's an outstanding attorney. Uh, John is a really, really high-level orthopedic surgeon, one of the best in the business. His kids have had unbelievable success professionally and personally because of, of the way, uh, the influence that he had on him, the way that he and Patty raised their kids. That's that's all you need to know about him to know that he was a great man. Just look at his family, and and, uh, and you know that he's a great man. Blaine, we appreciate the time. Uh, and understandably emotional uh, experience for you, and um we look forward to commemorating and remembering and celebrating Lavelle Edwards uh, in the days coming and really forever. But we thank you so much for the time. Thanks, guys. One of the greatest of all time. One of the greatest of all time. Absolutely. Blaine Fowler Thanks, with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Steve Young will join us in just a few moments to talk about Lavelle Edwards, his relationship with him, and his thoughts on the passing of a college football legend and one of the great mentors in uh, modern-day football history. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jason Shepard live from Studio B. Uh, We will have a live BYU Sports Nation at 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain Time to discuss more of the Lavelle Edwards legacy. If you're just joining us, we have learned that he has passed away, the legendary college football coach and mentor at Brigham Young University, at the age of 86, we will talk to Steve Young in just a moment. Uh, we've talked to Blaine Fowler and uh, Steve Cleveland. Understandably, the emotions are raw from men who were in the athletic department with Lavelle Edwards. Played for him in the case of Blaine. And another that played for him, Steve Young, as I mentioned, uh, will join us in just a few minutes. Yeah, obviously um, an outpouring of of comments and um, thoughts about Lavelle Edwards are coming from all across the country in the sports world. Bruce Feldman uh, said, rest in peace to a football legend. Lavelle Edwards has never gotten enough credit for his impact on football. And Blaine was talking about that, not just what he did with BYU, but you know, a lot of what he did revolutionized college football. Well, and that's the thing. He has many things as he accomplished. It was never about that. Yeah. And he was always so quick to point out like, 
it, it's great and it's surreal to have my name on that stadium, yeah. but it was all of his assistant coaches and the players that made it happen and the intuitive minds in the coaching room with him. And it was, it was never just about him. He's the least egotistical yeah. person that I've ever met that probably deserved to have the right to, to have that yes. ego and, and to be out there. But he, ne- he never was about that, ever. I, 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 can't, I can't say any more than that. I mean, there, there are very few coaches, very few people in his situation where you can have their, their phone number and call just directly call them, and they would treat you just like you're their best friend. That was Lavelle Edwards. NFL Hall of Famer and Super Bowl champion quarterback and a man who knows Lavelle all too well, played under him and has spent significant time with him and around him, Steve Young, joining us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Steve, uh, emotions are very raw right now, um, and we are very grateful that you're, uh, you're joining us to discuss the legacy and, and to celebrate the life of Lavelle Edwards. Your reaction initially to uh, the news of his passing today? I got a, oh boy, I was just driving down to see him. I flew in and I talked to Patty last night, um, found out yesterday. I, I got to be honest with you, Mike just called me to let me know that he had passed and my friend Jim Herman had let me know I was driving down to see him. <laughs> uh, oh, well, I I'm got a got transition here. Um, it's... Um, I was just hoping to see him. Uh, I, I, I'm. I don't know. I, I feel like, um, uh, uh, you know, I, I, I know that he's been struggling the last six months, and and when I've seen him, and I knew that, um, uh, in those struggles that you don't win those over time, and, and I understand that, and I think people are at peace. And I talked to Patty yesterday, and she felt very much at peace in the family and, and I was grateful for that. I understand that some guys got in yesterday to see him and which is, I just, I'll have to talk to them and see kind of live through them on that. But, um, but for Lavelle, I, you know, he, uh, I gather myself here. I, I think more than anything, he, uh, was, had the ability. And I think it was, it was a gift from God, um, to see people, better than they see themselves, um, to see their potential, to see through some of the flaws and things that the moment that might people might be distracted by. Um, he could always, he had this ability to, you know, he'd sit in his chair and lean back and it was almost like he fell asleep, but I used to thought he, I used to think he did fall asleep, but I think he was just kind of gathering inspiration. And then he would just, he'd have a vision for you. You'd have a vision for what you could be and where you could go. And, and it was always more than you ever believed. And, uh, and it happened to me over and over and over again. And I know it happened to, to everybody else because it's a gift. And it's, a, it's the greatest gift for a football coach because football is the ultimate team sports, the ultimate people sport. And when you have a coach like that, it's just, uh, um, you know, for football, it's revolutionary, right? Because it's such an archaic coach sport. Lavelle was just ahead of his time. He's just a unique person. And I love him. I love him like uh, my father, my surrogate father my you know just everything that you could imagine um uh and it meant so much to so many of us and uh and so this is our time to celebrate we lived a phenomenally successful rich spiritually rich life and talking to patty was really helpful last night um 
just talking about her 64 years with him. And so I think she mentioned, you know, he helped raise me. And I said, well, Patty, that's what marriage is. You, you do it to each other, you know, refine each other, prune each other. And so everything you could ever want from somebody you got from Lavelle. And dang, I was just headed down there, <laughs> just found this out. So um, I don't know. I'm on, I guess I'm on radio, so I shouldn't just ramble. <laughs> you can you can ramble all you want, Steve. Yeah, I mean, Steve, we we had Blaine Fowler on just a couple moments ago, and he was talking about just that friendship, and you and you referenced that how Lavelle had the uh, the personality uh, to to welcome. I mean, he was just welcoming to everybody, and obviously, we know that not only from a football perspective, he meant a lot to you as a person is, is there, is there a specific memory that, that maybe illustrates your relationship yeah. best? Yeah. A couple. Um, one of them uh, probably is redundant for some people, but when I, my freshman, my senior in high school, my trip out, um, I don't think he intended to give me a scholarship. It wasn't on the list. And I think that he, I don't know, that kind of experience where he, he, he met with me and went on my, as I was leaving. And I think he had a sense that he wanted, he wanted me here. And he offered me a scholarship, and that that changed everything. And the other one that uh, really uh, I think about about is I was in Georgia, one of my first times I'd started after Jim McMahon had broken 73 NCA records, and then here I come. Um, we're halftime. I'd thrown five interceptions, <laughs> I think, maybe four. <laughs> and uh, and I thought he'd bench me. I thought for sure he'd bench me. Of course he'd bench me. I mean, my gosh. Who throws five interceptions in a half in, the, in the, one of the biggest games in BYU history uh, in Athens, Georgia? And at halftime, he, he turned to me and he said, hey, you know, you're all right. And I didn't know how to react any other way. I said, yeah, I'm great. I'm, I'm, I'm fine, you know, even though I knew I wasn't so good. And he says, well, then stop, you know, <laughs> doing that, and you'll be fine. And through that, and it was one of those times where any other coach would Benched this young kid that had just bet messed up the whole game in one of the biggest games in BYU history, and he was just as calm as anything and just made sure I was okay. And I just knew that it was going to be all right. I didn't know it was going to be all right, but he knew it was going to be all right. And I guess that's what I mean is that you get this sense from him that it is going to be all right. And uh, and I needed that. I mean, I needed that. And everyone, everyone who played for him, and Jim needed it. Robbie needed it. Ty needed it. Everybody got that from Lavelle. And, you know, we can all talk about all the great experiences and unique, you know, times and funny, you know, Lavelle, you know, is one of the great sense of humors ever. But what he really did was he saw ahead. He was a visionary. He saw ahead for each person. I'm telling you, for each guy, it was a gift that he could look into the future and see what you could be. And then he was calm about it. And then you had confidence about it, too. Even though you didn't believe, like, there's no way that he's right on this. And then it was it ended up being right. So of all the things you hear all day, um, and they're all true. They're all wonderful. That's the thing that, that's the that's the gift that he had that I think made it the experience so personal for everybody. That's why you're going to hear all day from all the guys that played with him how personal it was because it felt just for you. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of guys that feel that way. That's unique. That's one. You know, you don't you don't find that. That's a very rare human being. And so, um, ah, dang. Oh, all right, I got I got I got uh, Oh well, Steve Young with us on BYU Sports Nation, uh, reminiscing about Lavelle Edwards and the impact uh, he had, 
not just on the football field and football players while they were playing the game, but uh, what he did for them off the field. Steve, as you go forward and uh, we look ahead now to what will be a sure celebration uh, of Lavelle Edwards, uh, what kind of outpouring do you anticipate will come for him and will happen uh, in remembrance of Lavelle? I mean, um, BYU fans and really college football fans, I mean, I go – to, you know, ESPN, I'll run into people, and he, everyone loved him. Everyone loved him from all over the country. Coaches, people are associated with uh, television. Anyone that ran into him had, had, had just loved him. And so they're always asking about him, you know. And it wasn't just BYU people, it was everybody. And uh, how's coach? How's he feeling? How's he, you know, how, and, uh, you know so, so what you're going to get is a lifetime of interactions like Johnny Appleseed with just throwing seeds of goodwill and, and positivity and faith for, you know, almost a hundred years. That's <laughs> going to be a lot of people. Yeah. And I think for BYU fans, it's generation of like, I run into this with the 49ers because from 80 to 2000, the 49ers had this wonderful run that people just grasp a hold of. And for BYU, we have the same thing. We have this run of, of BYU football from really mid seventies to 2000, almost that, that everyone, that's a lot of people, a lot of generations of football, BYU football fans that were impacted personally, because they were fans of, of BYU of the success and their experiences. Oh, I remember the Texas A&M game with a little, I remember, you know, so that's going to happen for everybody. We're all going to go through this, this tour, this spectacularly wonderful, rich tour of all of our memories of when Lavelle was coaching BYU. So, you know, I guess we better put our seatbelts on. It's going to be quite a ride. Steve Young with us on BYU Sports Nation talking about Lavelle Edwards and uh, the news that he has passed away at the age of 86. Um, he once joked that uh, a reporter uh, wrote of him, I'm, I'm actually a happy guy. I've just never told my face. Um <laughs> What uh, what what will you remember about La- Lavelle's dry sense of humor and his overall good nature in in terms of that that stern look on his face on the sideline? I'd be lied who he was. Um, uh, he, he had a sense of humor at the most odd and difficult times. <laughs> he used it. He used it as a tool. Like he, like I guess that's what. Everything he had, he used as a tool, and he used his sense of humor as a tool all the time. Um, and and uh, he has some classic jokes he's told a thousand times, and I've heard them a thousand times, and they're funny every time because they're just they're the his sense of humor is rich. It's not just cheap. Everything has nuance and layers, and and he's and he's quick. And he'd come up with some moment, in the moment, have something funny to say. And he'd be like, oh, my gosh, that is the funniest thing I can think of. And he had a funny way of looking at situations in life. And so his, a lot of his pregame speeches were funny to get guys motivated in a, in a unique way. Um, and so on the sidelines, that wasn't, that, you know, that was, uh, unfortunately for him, that was what everybody saw. Uh, I don't know what he. What, I always wondered what he was thinking about because, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, coach, you don't say much on the sidelines. What are you? What are you thinking about? You know, and he'd have something funny to say about that, but he'd never really, really tell you. But, um, um, but you know, and 
he, when I played golf with his old buddies, Arnie Farron, and we'd go up to Salt Lake Country Club and play over the years. And, you know, he had this little uh, Lauren Monch and, and guys that just, they, I mean, the, it, it was I literally, it was such a pleasure to be around Lavelle and around his friends and around people and playing golf was so much fun. And so that's the other part of it. Let it you know, I told you kind of the visionary part. You know, there's this other part of him that's just uh, just a pleasing, wonderful person. And for football coaches, that's that was the standard for me. You know, and I found pieces of that in a lot of really great coaches. I was blessed. Mike Holmgren, Bill Walsh, Mike Shanahan, you know, people that just had pieces of Lavelle because it reminded me that that's, that was this gold standard. Lavelle was the gold standard for, for coaches. Steve, speaking of that, you know, you mentioned, you know, there's obviously a, a quite impressive coaching tree that came from Lavelle. Um, you referenced, regardless of where you go, everybody knows Lavelle for the person, but they also know what he accomplished as a college football head coach. When you think about everything that he's done in the sport of college football, how do you think he will be remembered in that arena? I mean, he's one of the greats. I mean, uh, you, can, you can think about uh, um, and, 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 and the thing is that Lavelle took over a program that was not well-known and left a program that was nationally known. And so there's that part, too. There's, there's taking something. I mean, you can say Schembecker, but he inherited Michigan, you know, and uh, Woody Hayes inherited Ohio State, you know. Lavelle did something that I don't know that you can say many have done, is taking a program from not obscurity, because we were in the WAC and we were, people knew BYU. It wasn't like it was unheard of. But, but it, it, to, to national prominence, to national championships, to Heisman trophies, to all kinds of things that um, – uh, that that's rare, that you don't that doesn't happen very often, and so when you talk about great coaches of all time, he's in the list of all time great coaches, but unique because of of what I just described, as he took something and grew it uh, and developed it from, uh, and and that's not easy to do, and uh, um, all of us are beneficiaries of his ability to do that, and. Uh, uh, so you name a coach in college, and Lavelle stands with them. And I think they'd, they'd welcome him. All, the, all those old coaches that I know or met or, or ever knew, Lou Holtz or anyone else, always looked at Lavelle as, as a compatriot, uh, as somebody that was, uh, was definitely you know, in, the, in, in their group and, and encountered in their company. And, um, and a lot of the great relationships that we enjoy, the fact that we can be independent, to be honest with you, is because of the, of the seeds that Lavelle sowed at ESPN, at the NCAA, um, throughout. I mean, uh, uh, with Nike, with you know, just you know, everywhere he went, he was beloved. And because of that, we we bene- we all benefit from it. And now I get to you know, I, I, myself and others get to kind of bask in his wake. You know, I go and, and because Lavelle treated all these people so well, when I would come along, when I would run into them, I was treated so well because. Of Lavelle, of what of the of, the, of what he left behind, uh, left, uh, and the experiences he had. So we all, even today, our experience in, in, in trying to be independent. The only way reason we can do it is because we we're we're so well regarded um, in really big circles, national circles, uh, especially the ESPN. To be honest with you, Lavelle Edwards, really 
regulated and directed BYU into becoming a national brand that it is today. Uh, I was talking with Steve Young uh, about Lavelle Edwards, and I just got this tweet in, Steve, and I, and I imagine we're going to uh, hear a lot more of this. Uh, this coming from at Shy Sox Hawks, he said, uh, Lavelle was a big reason I became a BYU fan and a reason uh, that led me to the church. What a sad day. I am crushed right now. But uh, his influence was not just about football, but uh, helping people find a greater purpose in life. And how many guys can say that? Yeah. And I think Patty said to me yesterday, because I, I, you know, I, I was talking to her and she said, look, I, he's... I, He's fallen into Heavenly Father's arms. It's going to be everything's fine. You know, this is a celebration. It's a it's it's as good a life as you can live. And no, I just I just really love him. Steve, thank you for the time. Um, I'm sure we will be discussing Lavelle uh, not just uh, today, but uh, for years to come. And uh, you're a good man. We appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, you guys. Take care. Steve Young with us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Wow. It, and I, I, I thought this will probably be the case. But with everything that Lavelle accomplished as a college football coach and the national championship and revolutionizing a sport, every single person is referencing him as a mentor and what he meant to them personally. And that's what is what that's what everyone's holding on to right now. Whew. What a show. Lavelle Edwards passing away at the age of 86. More to come after this. We just spoke with Steve Young, um, who finalized his comments uh, through an emotional voice by simply saying, I just, I just love him. And uh, I think that's the sentiment uh, from us here in Studio B. And for all of those across BYU Sports Nation, I've been seeing a number of tweets coming to my account from uh, different Utah fans. And this is, this is way bigger than any competition or any rivalry or anything like that. This, uh, I mean, I, I was just thinking during the break, I hope to have a fraction, a fraction of the uh, positive influence on others that Lavelle Edwards had on everybody he came in contact with. I mean, just a remark, remarkable man, and I'm, it just doesn't even come close to doing it justice. Yeah, he, he is a, uh, he's a man who left his mark on a lot of different people. I mean, we had Steve Cleveland on the show. We were talking basketball when the news broke, and, and to hear Coach Cleveland talk about what he meant to him. And we had Lee Steinberg on, who referenced what Lavelle meant to college and, and to him because he had he had a relationship. He got to know him when he represented, you know, Steve Young among other Cougars, Blaine Fowler, Steve Young, who you just mentioned, all men who um very emotional today as they think of uh, a man like Lavelle Edwards uh, passing away. Nothing can prepare you for uh, a day like this as a broadcaster. Um it feels like we all lost a friend yeah. and uh, for a lot of people, a father. And I know that uh, Dave McCann, longtime BYU TV broadcaster, uh, lead anchor at KSL News Channel 5, has uh, spent a lot of time around Lavelle, um, not just in his college years, but calling different games and, and sit-down interviews. And he joins us now uh, also on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. All right, Dave. Um, man, it's uh, it's hard to encapsulate emotions on a day like today, but what are you feeling right now? 
Well, I, I certainly love listening to Blaine and, and Steve. I could listen to those guys all day as they tell stories as a former player for uh, for Coach Edwards. Um, I think the perspective uh, that uh, that I that I can bring is is being the son of one of Lavelle's friends. Um, my dad was head of the Cougar Club as as Lavelle got things going with the football team, and and uh, as the Cougar Club grew. Um, and as the football team was successful, they kind of mirrored each other. The more success BYU had on the field, the more success the Cougar Club had, and the more success the Cougar Club had, Lavelle Edwards and his staff were were put in a position to be able to recruit and, and do their jobs. And, and I saw Lavelle's respect for my dad throughout uh, those 25 years. And I remember when Lavelle came through at my father's uh, viewing 19 years ago and uh, – and gave us all the boys a hug, and and you could just uh, you could feel that he got it. He got uh, he fully understood the the role that our dad played in his success, and we certainly understood the role that his success played uh, in the in the life of my father and and uh, for his job and feeding us and raising us and and all of that. And uh, so I'll never forget that his genuine. Um, his genuine goodness. Uh, nobody was ever too big uh, for him. And uh, when when I was on my mission in Texas, BYU came down to play UT, and my dad came down and got permission from our mission president, from my companion, and I to stay with the team and and have breakfast uh, the next morning, the morning of the game. And we came into the room and uh, had our mission badges on and our ties. And Lavelle got up and he sat us down at his table and. Uh, this was the morning before a really big game of BYU playing at UT, and my companion was from California. He was about to pass out because he thought he'd never be this close to Lavelle Edwards, let alone having breakfast with him. <laughs> and uh, I just remember him treating us as if we were his quarterback that day, just just respect and admiration and fully interested in, in us and how our missions were going. And, and then later, as we called his games, and Blaine and I have called a bunch of them, uh, just a first-class uh, human being, and uh, it's sad, but it, uh, at the same time, it's a it's a celebration of a human being that's that's come here and and met all the things he came here to do, and has the opportunity to go back and uh, and celebrate uh, his Earth experience. Dave, there there are two words that come to mind when I think of Lavelle. One is humble, um, and the other is approachable. I mean. For everything that this man accomplished, he had every right, probably, to be pretty full of himself. And he could not have been more the opposite of that. And you've referenced some of that. What does that say about him as the man? I think it says everything about his faith and uh, his understanding of uh, uh, of what life is all about. And uh, to him, life was about developing young men into better men and husbands and fathers and and uh and of course the list is endless for what for what he did there i i don't think his life's ambition was to win games for the sake of being able to walk around and say i i won that game when he was a kid he'd sit up in the orchard overlooking byu practice uh and and that's kind of where his ambition began of i want to be a coach someday um, but I never heard him say, I want to be the greatest ever. You know, 
he never had a Muhammad Ali quote that said, I am, I am the greatest thing that ever walked. Uh, but that's what made him endearing to the coaches he beat, uh, is uh, you, can't, you couldn't not like him. In, the, in our interviews with coaches that couldn't beat him, um, you just couldn't not like him. I think the relationship with he and Ron McBride best described what Lavelle was able to do. There was animosity between the Utes and Cougars for all those years, and Lavelle beat him like 17 out of 18, and McBride started to get better. He started to recruit return missionaries, and and while the fans were still going after each other, all of a sudden we see the two coaches as becoming best friends, especially when they both retired and, and uh, had a radio show, and and you go, you know what, this is what it's supposed to be. These guys interested in developing men, uh, wanting to be successful, but um, but never so full of themselves that they couldn't go over and hug the opposing coach who they either just beat or or got beat by them. Dave, uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, I know you're such a busy guy, and uh, you're preparing for uh, – a basketball game tonight, and uh, yet that just feels so far away and so insignificant at a time like this. But uh, we appreciate all you do for BYU TV and the insight in, uh, into uh, Lavelle and his legacy. I'm sure there'll be a moment of silence tonight. Um, that'll, be, that'll be good. It'll be good to feel that. Um, and, uh, and we'll have that hopefully on our broadcast tonight. Um, it, it's, it's tough. As those of us who've let our fathers go, uh, it's tough to see good people go. But I remember what Brigham Young used to say is if we knew really how good, if we had any inkling of how good it was on the other side, we would celebrate (laughs) and we wouldn't be so sad when those we love uh, moved over. I will say this, and I know you've got a whole lot of lineup of of coming, but one of the funniest things that I heard Lavelle say was why he didn't attend BYU as a student. You know, he played offensive line at, I think, 165 pounds at Utah State. But one of his great quotes, he said, and I'll leave this with you and, and something to think about. Uh, he said, if I'd have gone to the Y, I would have had to live at home. And if I'd been living at home, my job would have been milking the cows. <laughs> I, was sick. I was sick of milking those two darn cows. I'd have gone to Utah to get away from them. Well, maybe not Utah, but I wanted to get away. <laughs> well, he's, he's away now, and, uh, but he's out of that body that, that is tired and, and worn out and and uh, how fortunate all of us are to uh, to have known him, mm. and will continue to know him as his legacy lives on. And and thanks for having me on. I'll see you guys tonight. Dave, thanks so thanks much you. for the time. Tom Holmo, the BYU athletic director, will join us next uh, to add his thoughts to a growing throng of uh, memories and celebratory words and sadness for sure. As Lavelle Edwards has passed away. Um, this is uh, a day that uh, BYU fans will never forget, um, yours truly included. And uh, it's great to have all of you with us on BYU Sports Nation as we uh, go through this together and recap it. Tom Homo, Athletic Director, up next. We have talked with Steve Young and Blaine Fowler, two of his former quarterbacks, and are now joined by the BYU Athletic Director, Tom Homo. Tom, great to have you with us on BYU Sports Nation. I wish it were under uh, different circumstances. Uh, but again, this is a, a celebration, a time to remember what a great man he was. And uh, let's start with this. What does Lavelle Edwards mean to you? Well, Spencer Lavelle was the perfect coach. Um, you know, he, he won on the field. And that's what a lot of people today 
have to have. And uh, but he also brought so much more. And uh, I think there's a lot of people talk about great coaches, and uh, I don't think anybody in college football could could match up to his record on the field, the way he uh, dealt with um, every situation off the field, the love that he showed for his players, and it never changed. Um, I think from the day I met him until today, um, he was always just a true person. He was um, an incredible man. He was a great coach. He was a great leader. He was a great disciple of Christ. I mean, a lot of people will never, he'll, he never wore his um, spiritual life on a sleeve, but he affected so many people by just his little talks. And, you know, I, for one, was one of the young ones that spent time in his office on the, you know, wrong side of the argument. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so I just... Uh, saw the influence that he had firsthand with me. Tom, you, you tweeted out something just a moment ago, and you said, he came into my life and the life of many others at just the right time. Um, what did you mean by that? Um, I think when you see, uh, as I do, 18-year-old kids that uh, come to BYU or whatever school it might be, they're so malleable. They're so, they didn't go in every, any direction. And the vast majority of the young men that came under the watchful care of Lavelle uh, picked up the lessons that he taught because he taught in a way that people listened. He was so loving, so kind, um, but he was firm. I mean, we always joke, and Jim and I talk about this, but when Jim McMahon says, hey, if I can get through BYU, uh, you know, and, and accomplish the things that I did, then anybody can. And, and I think you know, people don't realize how much Lavelle loved Jim, and Jim loved Lavelle. And uh, I think that's true with probably uh, most all the players. BYU Athletic Director Tom Homo with us, recapping uh, the life and legacy of Lavelle Edwards. And uh, it's impossible to do it uh, in an hour show or a two-hour show or a two-year show, for that matter, um, Tom. But uh, one thing that really, really caught me off guard was, uh, was Steve Young talking about, not so much caught me off guard, but just kind of put things in perspective for me was that the reason BYU is what it is today uh, in terms of a national brand and, and what the football program means to so many across the country is in large part to the efforts of Lavelle Edwards and, and what he did in, in not resurrecting a program, but really just jump-starting a, a program when, when he took the impossible job. Uh, what kind of a football legacy does Lavelle Edwards leave behind and, and how much does he mean to the current state of what BYU football is right now? I mean, I think he means everything. The foundation of BYU football starts with Lavelle Edwards and uh, it goes a long ways with coach. Every, every wise football person, if you're in the football, know 
they all know that uh, Lavelle is the one that was the one responsible for everything. Uh, he was a humble man, and he gave all the credit to the players. Um, he was coach of the NFL, I mean, uh, NCAA coach of the year back in 84, national championship. He got his deserved. He's in the Hall of Fame, but he never tooted his own horn. He never, you know, went out for all the publicity. And he, I think that he got offers to go to other schools and into the NFL. And he stayed because he knew that this was the right place for him and his wife. And you can't say Lavelle without saying Patty. And Patty and Lavelle were a team, and and uh, he knew it. He was he was happy to play the role that he uh, chose or was given to uh, influence the BYU kids. And, and, and along the way, he, he influenced a lot of people outside of the program. And uh, that, you know, that, like, that's why I say, I mean, that he's the perfect coach. He's so well-rounded, so balanced, and, and you get it all. You get all the good, and you don't get any bad. That's... That's uh, kind of a crazy, crazy thing. And there's some really good coaches out there today, but, man, I, I don't know if they can measure up to them all. Tom, when we had Steve Young on, he was you referenced a couple of experiences that he felt best described the relationship that he had with Lavelle. Is, is there a specific memory or something that stands out to you that best describes your relationship with him? Well, I mean, I've been around Lavelle since 1978. So it's been a long time, and we have a rich array of memories together. But uh, I think one that, that I share a lot has to do with my dad. My first year, I was a freshman, red shirt. I red shirt. I didn't want a red shirt, and uh, I didn't. I wasn't really enjoying my time. I was a good student. I was, school was good, but I wasn't playing, and that was not good. And uh, you know, I was feeling lonely and homesick, and and I was just being a practice squad guy and things weren't great. I was playing okay, but I wasn't, you know, on the field, but I wasn't playing in the games and I was sad. And, and by Thanksgiving, I was, I had had it. I, I kind of was thinking about hanging it up and going home. And, and my mom and dad came up for Thanksgiving and, uh, we were having a practice prior to the, you know, the, when we were, you know, the Thanksgiving break, I can't remember the details, but, um, but dad came to talk to Lavelle and, and he came out in the field early before practice and Lavelle came out and started talking to my dad for about five minutes, 10 minutes, maybe. And I was out there stretching and I'm going, Oh boy, what's my dad going to say to coach? And, uh, and then as practice proceeded, you know, Lavelle didn't, he didn't come to practice. He just stood there talking to my dad and I was freaking out. <laughs> just practice started and Lavelle still talking to my dad. And it went on for like a half hour. And uh, after practice, I come up to my dad, and he had stayed to watch. And he goes, you're not going anywhere. That guy's got the perfect feel for you. He'll be perfect for you. I'm not letting you go anywhere. Mm. And, you know, he spent half an hour practice with a redshirt freshman who wasn't playing his dad. And... Uh, you know, that was, that was kind of start. And then I just kind of had to change my attitude. And um, Lavelle had a lot to do <laughs> with uh, changing my attitude. 
Tom Homo, the BYU athletic director, former BYU football star, NFL player, Super Bowl winner, reminiscing about Lavelle Edwards and uh, the relationship that Tom had with him, not just uh, while a player, but uh, also while the athletic director uh, here at the Y. Tom, uh, so many great stories about Lavelle, and I anticipate we're going to hear the majority of them from different players and different people in their specific walks of life over the next weeks and, and years. Um, but uh, we like to remember Lavelle for his quick wit and his very unique, fantastic sense of humor. Um, do you have a, a story that you can share with us that, uh, that brings a smile to your face and uh, always makes you kind of laugh in your heart? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a bunch, but some of them I can't even tell. <laughs> but, uh, I, just, I, I just think that um, it's just perfect. I, I love what you said. We're going to celebrate his life today, this week, and for a long, long time. We're not going to forget about Coach. Mm. Um, I mean, it, it's like he's got a stadium named after him. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> you know... That that doesn't even do it right there. Um, it's just everybody to be able to see him and see. Him. I, I got a chance to talk with him at at, the, at his home on the day we left for the uh, Poinsettia Bowl for San Diego. Man, that was precious to be able to uh, sit by him and talk about some of the holiday bowls and and he was great at that time. And uh, I knew things were, were not good, but. Um, he still had that sense of humor. He's got that little laugh. I think it's that sparkle in his eye and that little smile. And, and he could just, he knew everybody. He knew everybody. And I think one of the things that I always remember is whenever I travel around the country for various functions, football, basketball, whatever sport it might be, it's amazing how many people ask me about Lavelle. And uh, I think... I just don't know if the people of Provo understand the magnitude of the influence and how universal it is. I think sometimes people think that it's just a kind of a BYU thing. But, man, it's everybody loves Lavelle and Patty. And uh, we're going to celebrate this incredible life. He lived an incredibly full life. And it was a beautiful life to 86 years old. Accomplishments, endless influence. Forever, and uh, you know, I, I weep, but I'm not sad mm. because it's just a beautiful life. Yeah, well said. Um, <laughs> kind of encompassing uh, the feeling that I have right now, where you know you feel you feel like crying because you are so sad. Um, and uh, you know, I didn't have as as much interaction or close to that of, of what you had with him, Tom, but the, the interactions I did have with him and the interviews and the handshakes and the smiles, um, those are something that you never forget. And it just was so, so genuine. There, there's, uh, there's nothing unreal uh, about uh, what he did and what he said and, and the influence he had not just on me but on, but on everyone. And so uh, I know this is incredibly difficult for you to discuss and to do so in such a, a fresh and fragile state, but we certainly appreciate uh, you giving us that insight and uh, and helping BYU Sports Nation co- cope with uh, the loss of, of a legend and a friend and and <laughs> a father figure in so many different ways. So, Tom, thank you for what you've done today. Hey, we all love him. Thank you, Spencer.
You got a Tom Homo, the athletic director, with us on BYU Sports Nation. You start out some days and uh, you think, okay, this is how the, the show is going to go. Uh, we'll talk about some basketball and BYU will open the West Coast Conference tonight. And it just, it's trivial. It's trivial. And yeah, it pales in comparison. <laughs> yeah, it, it's uh, a great opportunity to remember Lavelle Edwards. We're coming back with more reaction. Uh, what you are thinking across BYU Sports Nation as you listen to all of these legends talk about Lavelle. Lavelle Edwards, who has passed away at the age of 86. Uh, what an incredible show today. Emotional, for sure, with uh, Athletic Director Tom Homo, the Hall of Famer in the NFL, and Super Bowl champion Steve Young, Blaine Fowler, Dave McCann, Steve Cleveland, and more to come. Another live edition of BYU Sports Nation today at 6 Eastern, 4 Mountain Time. ESPN's Trevor Maddich will be featured in the show at 6 Eastern, among others. Were you at that game when Cougar Stadium was officially named Lavelle Edwards Stadium? Yes, uh, his final home game against New Mexico. It, yes, I, I will never forget that day. And it was, it, was a, it was a big event anyway because, you know, former uh, LDS Church president Gordon B. Hinckley was there. And what I'll always remember, though, is just the genuine... Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. His reaction was genuine. It was, there was nothing about it that, look, there's my name. He was extremely humble and appreciated every bit of that. Every bit of of what was happening. And he realized, um, you know, what had gone into that. And and it meant a lot to him. I, I will always remember that day. And we've talked so much. Uh, we heard from Steve Young and we heard from, from Tom Homo that, Really, the foundation for BYU football is Lavelle Edwards. And just to go over, Lavelle was the head coach at BYU for 29 seasons. He coached from 1972 to the year 2000. He took over a job yes. that was impossible. Yes. It was a failure. He was signing up for failure. And, and look what he did. 257 victories, which, by the way, ranked seventh in NCAA Division I history. Not only that. Coach Edwards led BYU to the 1984 National Championship. He was inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame in 2004. Not to mention, while a coach at BYU, he coached one Heisman Trophy winner in Ty Detmer, two Outland Trophy recipients, four Davey O'Brien awardees, seven Sammy Baugh Trophy winners, 31 All-Americans, and four College Football Hall of Famers. His coaching tree, Mike Holmgren, Andy Reid, Brian Billick, Kyle Whittingham, Mike Leach, Norm Chow, Ted Tolner, Tom Holmo. Yet it was all secondary to relationships and to people and individuals. And uh, I just want to go ahead and, and uh, say this. I'm grateful that we have this platform to discuss this. Uh, I... It would seem an injustice that we can't spend multiple shows uh, talking about what he means to BYU and to everyone across BYU Sports Nation. And I am, I'm humbled and I'm grateful that I get to be here and to, and to do that and to do it tomorrow. And I'm sure when Jerem gets back, it will just, yeah. it will just continue. Um, I, I, I tweeted this out a little earlier. I, I um, you know, being in the business that we are and, and, following and covering BYU like we have, we obviously get to interact 
we've had our chances to interact with Lavelle on a on a professional basis, but but also on a personal basis. And I remember it was the day before I got married. So this was 2001. And he happened to be coming in to do a radio segment on the morning show that I produced at the time. And again, day before I got married. And so once that was brought up, um, I remember, you know, we talked about it and there was, you know, kind of had some fun with that on air. But after the show was over, um, I will never forget Lavelle having an opportunity to talk with him. And I got some marriage advice Mm. from Lavelle Edwards. And that's something that meant so much to me. And I still remember that to this day. So there are, there's all of the professional things revolving around Lavelle, but like we've talked with everybody, the things that people will remember most are those personal interactions that they had with him, which are many, by the way. A statement from BYU President Kevin J. Worthen, quote, Lavelle's humble, humorous, and loving character inspired not only his players, but countless others as well. All who knew him considered him a friend. He was a personal mentor to all Americans and walk-ons alike. His positive impact reached well beyond BYU and well beyond college football. Cougar Nation and numerous others mourn his passing. We extend our condolences to Patty and the Edwards family, end quote. With that, we are now welcomed on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline by ESPN College football insider Trevor Maddich, a national champion here at BYU and someone who played for Lavelle Edwards. Trevor, what is uh, your reaction and your raw emotions to the news of Lavelle Edwards passing away? Well, it's it's really hard because of what an impactful role he played in my life personally and so many people that I care about and have grown to love through BYU football. And so it's, uh, you know, on the one hand, it's so hard to see him go. And on the other hand, it is so fitting that so many people are talking about the, the, the legacy, the far-reaching impact that he had on so many lives. It's very rare that one man and one couple, along with Patty, would have so much of a role to play in molding people into who they are today in the, in the highest level of, of, of living a good life. Because that's what he inspired you to do. I mean, he didn't tell you to go live a good life. He made you want to be better because you wanted him to respect you. And I think that it's fitting that so much of that is being talked about today. Trevor, take us back to to your playing days. What was it like? What was Lavelle like on the sidelines? What was he like as your coach? On the sidelines, Lavelle was the master puppeteer. He didn't do a whole lot of talking when he didn't need to. What he did was had his vision and his philosophy, both with schemes and with the way he wanted coaches to behave and the way he wanted his players to turn out. And then he let them coach to the highest level of their creative capabilities. And that's one of the reasons that he was so successful as a head coach. He allowed people to soar to the heights of their own talents, players and assistant coaches. When he did speak, it was like a thunderbolt at times. Because some coaches, they're always talking, and sometimes they're always yelling and screaming, and it just becomes part of the background noise. But with Lavelle, he would just stand there and look. But with a small expression or a small shift in body language, you knew if he was happy with what you were doing in your effort or if he wasn't. And if he wasn't, boy, did you double-time it to, to fix it. Because, once again, you weren't worried about what he would do. 
you were worried that he would not respect you. And I think that that's another high compliment to pay for the character of a man. Talking with ESPN's Trevor Maddich about Lavelle Edwards. I'm starting to see more and more uh, just random fans tweet in about the impact that he had on them becoming BYU fans and wanting to be better people and make their lives more about religion. And this, I, I'm, I, I shouldn't be surprised because I, I thought I had a good idea of this, but this, it is overwhelmingly fantastic to watch what is coming in right now, Trevor, on social media yeah. about what he meant to so many people, not just players in the football community, but to just individuals. Well, I'll tell you one of those moments for me, you know, that uh, where I realized something really for the first time the way I have about Lavelle. I've always known the, the influence that he's had on me. But when BYU first opened up the the Hall of Fame there, the museum with all the trophy cases, et cetera, uh, a number of years ago, I remember going for the first time and, and standing back away from trophy, the trophy cases, watching guys that had played for Lavelle stand there with their children and point through the glass at the trophies that they won when they were football players there. And the kids were thrilled to see the trophies. But it dawned on me really in a more full way at that moment that the real trophy wasn't behind the glass for the winning football. It was outside the glass. The real trophy was that father standing there with his children because through Lavelle and his mentoring and his example, men became better husbands than they would have been. They became better fathers than they would have been. That impacts the lives of wives and children and families going forward. And then that goes out like ripples in a pond. And so really when you talk about the legacy of Lavelle, there are so many things that are important. And the winning football games is important because it's hard to do it all, much less on, on such a sustained and high level that Lavelle did it. That is important and should not be diminished. But the, the real legacy is the, the family members of the, why, or excuse me, of the husbands and the fathers that were young, unguided missiles stepping into Lavelle's program and left with a vision towards life and an accountability and, and an understanding of how to treat people and an understanding of how to be a man that they never would have had in the same way had it not been for Lavelle. That, that's the true trophy. Trevor, BYU and Lavelle Edwards really go hand in hand. We had Tom Homo talking about it. I mean, the foundation of BYU football is Lavelle. And I have to imagine in your position in the national media and around college football and, and NFL teams, I have to imagine that once, if BYU is brought up, I have to imagine the name Lavelle Edwards probably isn't far behind. No, it has to be. And part of the reason is his longevity there. I mean, once, once he started to really have success at a high level in the, in the late 70s and then into the 80s, he got offers from major college programs and NFL teams to leave BYU and go take more money. But instead, he chose to make a life at BYU. And I was just on SportsCenter with Steve Young talking about this, and Steve brought up such a great point that – that he not only stayed in the same place for all those decades, he stayed in the same home. <laughs> Steve said that that was the same house where he passed away today where he had Gifford Nielsen over on a recruiting trip. And so that kind of, of, of stability is something that we just don't see anymore in college coaches, much less the quality of the man. 
but and certainly staying to make a life in one place. And that's one of the reasons that so many people have been impacted so deeply for so many generations by Lavelle, because he, he, he sank roots, he sank them deep. And when, he, when that tree grew, it had a solid, solid foundation. And from that came so much good for so many people. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation talking about Lavelle Edwards. And the numbers are crazy. Jason just went over uh, what he's accomplished uh, with 29 seasons and 257 wins and a national championship and so many award winners and coaching Ty Detmer to the Heisman Trophy and his coaching tree is out of this world. I mean, where, where do you start when you discuss what Lavelle Edwards has meant to college football overall? Well, what he's meant to college football overall, he, he started a trend. You know, first of all, he, he, he was a guy who set an example in college football of building the foundation of success, not on your players' physical attributes, but rather on their character. And when you develop uh, strong character in your players, you'll have better football players on the field. Another thing is the whole passing game. At the time, it was the triple option. It was the wishbone. It was three yards in a cloud of dust that was state-of-the-art. And Lavelle Edwards took aspects of the passing game from Sid Gilman going way back in the day, added his own twist to it, and then brought that into college football in a way that had never been done before. And then you had Steve Spurrier with the fun and gun at Florida. You had Miami with all those national championships with the pro style. You know, and then it moved on from there. But it stemmed from Lavelle. And even today... There, if you look at, uh, for example, Mike Leach and the um, uh, air raid offense and all the Mike Leach coaching tree, et cetera, that stuff stems from what Lavelle Edwards was doing back in the 70s and 80s. Same principles. Now, now different specifics, but the, the principles of how you attack a defense are still being used today by some of the most high-powered offenses in all of college football, and that is another legacy of Lavelle on the field. Trevor, fantastic stuff. We appreciate the time, and uh, we'll talk to you later this afternoon as BYU Sports Nation continues with a live afternoon special. Thanks so much. All right, guys. Well, there you go, Jason Shepard. Um, uh, an unexpected two-hour special of BYU Sports Nation, but one that uh, I'll never forget. And uh, uh, glad to be here with you, partner. Yeah, um, obviously wish it was under better circumstances, and I, I thought you summed it up great. I mean, you... You want to cry because it's sad, but, uh, but you realize that uh, the man lived a great life. So our rise and shout, no doubt, goes out to Lavelle That's Edwards right. today. For everyone here on our crew at BYU Sports Nation, thanks so much for the time. We'll see you later this afternoon.